It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW, in Sitka. Today is Friday, June 25th. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. Routine road maintenance, veteran services, student loans, and the PFD division are among the state programs that will be shut down if lawmakers don't agree to make the budget effective on July 1st. Many other state services will continue to operate, while others will be partially shut down. Lawmakers heard Thursday from industry leaders who expressed concern about the impact of a shutdown on the private sector. Sarah Leonard is concerned about the loss of staff in state parks. She's the president of the Alaska Travel Industry Association, or ATIA, which would receive money in the state budget. ATI's current national marketing campaign, attracting pandemic-weary travelers, would cease in the event of a shutdown, effectively cutting the cord of our microphone right now as we are saying to the world, go big, go Alaska, and we welcome you. Marcus Trivet is a construction executive. He said the worst-case scenario is that permitting office closures could ruin an entire season of building. But he said even a shorter delay would hurt. Alaska's private sector employers are in a precarious position coming out of a pandemic and in the midst of a recession, a government shutdown. Even a partial one will negatively impact our ability to get work done and will cost us time and money. Governor Mike Dunleavy's administration published a list on Wednesday of which state government services will operate in the event of a state government shutdown. State Budget Director Neil Steininger told the House Finance Committee that the state was balancing multiple goals. On the one hand, it must provide constitutionally required services. On the other hand, the state is not supposed to spend money that hasn't been included in a law that has gone into effect. So there's clear you know, constitutional obligation for the public health and public safety that we feel um, weighs higher than that consideration of valid appropriations. Services that would be fully shut down include the Senior Benefits Program, the Department of Corrections Domestic Violence Program, the state's Medical Education Program, and Teacher Certification. The Division of Motor Vehicles will also be shut down, except for functions that support law enforcement and the courts. No more details about legislative talks to prevent a shutdown were released on Thursday. Alaska Marine Highway ferries would continue to sail, even if a political impasse over the budget shuts down the state government on July 1st. That's the message in a 10-page memo released late Wednesday by Governor Mike Dunleavy's administration. The memo outlines which critical functions would continue to operate during a shutdown. Lawmakers are in Juneau for a special session to resolve the dispute, but time is running short. The governor's office said in a statement that the plan is to maintain the full AMHS schedule. But questions about whether ferry crew would continue to be paid or how that would occur were referred to the Department of Administration. It did not respond to questions as of midday Thursday. Summer is the busiest season for the Marine Highway. In July, there are six vessels scheduled to sail seven days a week across coastal Alaska. The spring season for commercial trolling for king salmon in southeast Alaska winds up at the end of this month, and in some regards, it's looking a lot like last year's. Trolling started May 1st in limited parts of the region and runs through June 30th. 
Grant Hagerman is the Alaska Department of Fish and Game's troll management biologist for Southeast. He says the harvest and effort are both pretty similar to last year. We are yeah, maybe 3,000 fish above uh, where we were at this point last year. Uh, the total catch estimate now is just over 12,000 Chinook. And uh, permits are, are very similar through the current week. Uh, I think the estimate now is we have maybe about a dozen more permits fishing this year than last year. So, The spring season aims to target kings returning to Alaska hatcheries. This year, those hatchery fish make up around one out of every four Chinook landed in the spring fishery. That percentage is up a little from last year. Also up this year is the price, a big rebound from the pandemic year. Hagerman says near the end of the season, the price for these spring fish is averaging $10.40 a pound. That's more than $3 above last year and $1.50 above the long-term average. At uh, $10.40 a pound, that's uh, typically a winter troll price uh, and a very good winter troll price. So, um, yeah, this is uh, definitely appreciate opportunities to get at their fish that they've, that they've uh, invested in and, and at a good price. Fishermen pay an enhancement tax that helps pay for some of the cost of operating hatcheries around the state. Like the past few seasons, fishery managers this year have limited time and area in some parts of the region. That's to limit the harvest of wild stocks returning to some of the major river systems. King numbers on the Stikine River near Wrangell and other systems have been falling short of goals for spawning salmon. That has meant limited fishing opportunity on inside waters in southeast. It's just unfortunate that, you know, we're still not able to provide, as I mentioned, some of the opportunities in inside waters. Um, it, it does make the, you know, difficult for some of those other ports that uh, don't have any fisheries that are close to them, uh, the opportunities. Um, there are some terminal harvest areas that those trollers can fish that are closer to home, but you know, a lot of them are having to transit out to some of these uh, outer coastal areas to, to fish. The spring fishery runs through the end of this month. The first summer opening for Kings is July 1st, and the department expects to announce what that season will look like by the end of this week. Wrangell's Nolan Center serves many functions. It houses the movie theater and gift shop, as well as the Wrangell Museum. But that might not be obvious to visitors walking down Front Street. So KSDK's Sage Smiley reports on how a Wrangell carver teamed up with the center to make a cedar log into a sign that advertises the museum. Sitting next to the water, Wrangell's Nolan Center is a striking building. Tall, angular, teal, with burnt orange trim and sloping white roofs. But the sign that advertises what's inside the building, Museum, Visitor Center, and Civic Center, is covered by a bush. Plus, the lettering is pretty small. Director Cindy Crary says that's posed a problem. I noticed that many, many, many of the tourists do not know that we're a museum. There's not really proper signage. And so I've wanted to have this sign that was on the corner over here, um, just that was huge, that people could really see. That dream became a reality. On Tuesday, the new carved log sign was lifted with help from Wrangell's electrical crew from where it had lain horizontally on pallets and was placed in its permanent spot at the corner of Campbell Drive and Bruger Street. At the top sit a carved and painted raven and an eagle with a silver salmon in its claws. The letters M-U-S-E-U-M sit stacked one on top of the other. 
A few leaves of Devil's Club frame the lower letters. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I, I keep asking people, does this look like Devil's Club? <laughs> Denny Leak carved the new museum sign, starting from a raw cedar log donated by the Wrangell Cooperative Association, Wrangell's tribal government. He gestures to the top of the log. The chunk of, of cedar that they gave us, um, we put the wide end at the top which is a little unusual. But I wanted the width to get a big M and, and then the eagle and the raven and, and there's the fish up there. And um, I thought it would kind of discourage the real eagles from sitting on the top and pooping. <laughs> the look kind of evokes a traditional Clinket totem pole, but it isn't a totem. It's not representing the ancestral heritage of Wrangell's Clinket community. It's just a beautiful, upright museum sign carved from wood. Leek says he's been doing this type of carving for eight or nine years. It all started at his dad's cabin in Colorado when the insurance company asked them to remove a few trees that posed a fire danger. We're cutting them up just for firewood, and my wife actually said, um, you ought to make one of those chainsaw bears like like Willie has in his yard. Willie has the neighboring cabin. And I said, well, that sounds fun. And so I went over to Willie's yard and I got his bear and I brought it over and I put it on the picnic table and I found a, a piece of wood that was slightly larger. And I got the chainsaw and um, just started experimenting around. He's carved a few school mascots, including one for Ray C. Stedman Elementary School in Petersburg and two for Juno Schools, Mendenhall River Community School and Riverbend Elementary. In 2017, League also helped replicate part of one of the Wrangell Cooperative Association's totems that had split apart. The whole process took about a month, starting on the log with a chainsaw and working down to finer tools. Leek walks across the road, so the top of the sign is more visible. We gotta step back and look at the eagle here. While he was working on the top portion of the sign, he yep. says he found a spot of decay. The eagle couldn't stand up straight, because I didn't, because I had to cut out the wood. And so, so it, it's kind of a little diorama now, because you see the ravens up there, and he's kind of crowding in <laughs> next to the eagle's fish and the eagles see he's what are you doing <laughs> so um, that that was kind of the the hiccup of the deal but hopefully it makes a little scene leek walks back and kneels down at the base of the sign where he's carved 2021 picking up a can of stain to fill in the numbers he says We'll hope 2021 is a better year for us all. With the date at the bottom stained and the sign itself firmly planted, the only thing left to do is cover the carving in a waterproof finish, weather permitting. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.